was over in the Missouri, in the Ozarks, and there was a, a, for lack of a better word, a hillbilly family doing music. And these folks were multi-talented, could play and sing. She said, you know, I just don't like that kind of music. I said, well, hon, not all of us can be right. <laughs> you would please find in your Bibles once again, Exodus chapter 20, as we continue with our sermon series on the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20. Everybody has it, bow your heads with me. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that we will focus on what your word says. We will desire to hear from you. We will not be distracted from things around us or things that will be going on today or later this week. But Father, we will be content to be here with you in the moment. In Christ's name, amen. I want to ask a question by way of introduction before I get started this morning. We kind of talk about this some in Sunday school time. How many of you here graduated college with honors? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. That, that's great. Look at that. Amazing. I, I never even come close. Uh, <laughs> you know, to be an honor graduate is considered to be quite an accomplishment. And these honors, as you know, usually, folks, they're, they're in Latin, and they usually they indicate the level of academic distinction, and they start with the lowest honor and then go to the highest honor. So you have cum laude, which is uh, with honor. Then you have, I think it's magna cum laude, which is with great honor, and then summa cum laude, which is with highest honor. Like I said, I was concerned about just graduating, not, not honors. Anybody else relate to that? Say amen. Thank you. <laughs> but I want to talk to you this morning, folks. There's another type of honor graduate that I want to talk about. It's from a totally, totally different university. Somebody described the home as the university of life, and I believe that's a pretty good description when you think about it, the home is where your personality is formed. It's where your character is formed. It's where you learn how to relate to other people, where you learn how to walk, talk. Uh, you learn the difference, beginning to learn the difference between right and wrong. And then there comes a day for all of us when we graduate from the University of Life. Now, here's the difference between the University of Life and all other universities. Everyone can graduate with honors from the University of Life if you'll do one thing. And that's keep the fifth commandment. Look at verse 12. Exodus twenty twelve. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, if you've ever doubted, and I've said this many times, but if you have ever doubted the Ten Commandments are primarily for the family, this one ought to cinch it for you. Because look how, how God starts here with the, the second set of commandments. The Ten Commandments divided really into two sets. The first four and the second six. And God spends the first four commandments saying, it's all about me. And he tells us, he tells us four things. He said, put me first, don't misrepresent me, don't misuse my name, and take one day a week and give it unto me. And now he begins to talk about our relationship to other people, to those around us. And the first group that God deals with, and I think it's amazing, it's not, uh, it's not the rich or the powerful, it's not political leaders, it's not, uh, you know, the famous that God deals with. No, it's the family. And he starts with the parents. Now, of all ten commandments, this is the only one that contains no negative word whatsoever. 
See, the other commandments, uh, this one's totally positive. The other nine, they tell us not to do something. This one simply tells us to do something. So the first four commandments deal with our relationship to God. Again, the second six commandments deal with our relationship to others. Now, it's extremely, folks, important to notice that God begins with our relationship to the family. Now, listen, he doesn't tell soldiers how they're supposed to fight. He doesn't tell teachers how to teach or preachers how to preach. But what he does tell us is how sons and daughters are to treat their mothers and fathers, how children are to treat their parents. That's how important it is to God. Now, it's the first commandment with promise of a blessing if you obey it. And, folks, there's a simple reason for that. And and I know you've heard this many times before, and I wasn't the first one to say it. I think the first one to say it was the the Greek or Athenian philosopher Plato when he said, as goes the home, so goes the nation. That's why this is so important. Think about it. The values that hold a nation together, decency, kindness, integrity, courtesy, morality, they all begin at home. And the way to destroy a nation is to destroy the family. And the way children can destroy the family is by dishonoring their parents. I want you to listen. Professor Michael Novak, uh, he was the uh, professor of theology and uh, what was it, philosophy at Syracuse University. He summarized brilliantly why this is so true. He said, clearly, the family is the critical center of social force. It's the seedbed of economic skills and attitudes toward work. It is a stronger agency of educational success than the school and a stronger teacher of the religious imagination than the church. Political and social planning and a wise social order begins with the axiom, what strengthens the family strengthens society. Even when poverty and disorientation strike, as over the generations they so often do, it is the family strength that most defends individuals against alienation, lassitude, or despair. One unforgettable law has been learned through all the disasters and injustices of the last thousand years. When the family falters, life falls apart. Listen to me, friend. God has a family preservation plan, and it's found in the fifth commandment. Remember, Jesus boiled the Ten Commandments down to two. He said, love God and love your neighbor. And the last six commandments, they're boiled down into that second commandment Jesus gave of loving your neighbor. And so we find out that loving our neighbor really truly begins at home. You see, it's the first lesson of the university of life. And it's a double-edged commandment because it not only, not only does it deal with the children, but parents listen. It deals with us as well. And it basically tells us two things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one. The first thing this commandment tells us is that parents must teach children why they should obey their parents. Parents, listen carefully to this next statement. You may not agree with it, but it's true. Here it is. Your children will not honor you unless you teach them to honor you. Do I need to say it again or did it hit home? Your children will not honor you, parents, unless you teach them to honor you. That is one of your number one jobs as a parent, is to teach your children to honor you. Now listen, I understand, I know from experience, folks, parenting can be a difficult job. It can be a difficult task. You know, I'm often reminded of that guy, and I don't even remember who said it. He said, before I had kids, I had six theories on raising kids and no kids. He said, now as the years have passed, I've got six kids and no theories on raising kids. 
So I understand being a parent's a difficult job. But let's be real clear. I just said about theories. We're not talking about theories here. We're dealing with reality. You must teach your children why they are to honor their parents. That word honor, we need to understand something. It means weighty. It's a weighty matter. It means to treat something with great importance or great significance. In the Old Testament days, something that was weighty was important. Something that was light was insignificant. So even today, think about it. We talk about making light of something. So great weight, that is great honor, is to be given to parents. And do you know why this is so important? Pretty simple when you think about it. The reason it's important is because children must learn the importance of authority. Now, in our society today, we want to think that's a bad word. Authority. We've got so many people saying, well, I have no authority. Nobody tells me what to do. It's because you wouldn't talk to honor your parents as a kid. You say, preacher, I don't like that. Well, God bless you. I'm not here to preach what you like. I'm here to preach what God's Word says. And I'm telling you, the reason we have a problem in the society we have today is because way too many kids were brought up not being taught to honor their mother and father. See, the most critical, I believe, lesson every child should learn early in life, folks, is about authority. Because it determines how well you're going to do in school. It'll determine how well you do in your career. It'll determine how well you do with your relationships. You let a child grow up saying, nobody tells me what to do and get away with that, and they're going to have a hard time keeping a job, keeping a marriage together, or even be productive in society. In reality, the fifth commandment is not just for children. It's for everybody. Let me explain it to you. When God tells us to respect our parents, you know what He's really saying to all of us? We need to respect anyone in legitimate authority over us, whether it's parent, pastor, police officer, whoever it may be. And one of the ways you can motivate your children to keep this commandment is to teach them the great benefits that they receive from keeping this commandment. And the Bible gives us four of them. Look at the verse again. First of all, there's longevity. Listen to the entire commandment again. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. First of all, this was a national promise. This promise was given to the nation of Israel, but I believe it applies to any nation because God knows that the right kind of children will become the right kind of citizens and the right kind of citizens will bring the blessings of God upon a nation. Remember this, folks, the security of a nation does not depend upon its military might, but upon the character of its people. And listen to me, the character of the people depends on the kind of children parents turn out. And the kind of children that parents turn out depends on whether or not they were taught to honor their mother and father. So this commandment holds a national promise, but I also believe that it has a personal promise. And let me just be straight forward with you and just just lay it out there. And I know this from almost 30 years of riding a fire truck and an ambulance. So I want you to listen to me. There are teenagers in our society that die each and every day because they failed to honor mom and dad. They failed to listen to what their parents said to them yesterday. You say, oh, you're just, you're just saying that you're trying to be an alarmist. You're trying to, to scare people. Nope. I'm saying from experience. I cannot count the car wrecks, the drug overdoses, the suicides, the accidental deaths because they refused to listen to what mom and dad said to them. And I know, all oh, preacher, you're saying that because you're a dad. Yeah, 
I'm saying it because I'm a dad. I'm saying it because I'm a pastor. And I'm saying it because I'm going to tell you the truth. That's the way it is. And we got a whole lot of young people today that disagree with that. Oh, no, it, nothing will ever happen to me. Nothing will ever happen to me. Let me tell you something. I never thought I'd be an old man when I looked in the mirror either, but it happened. Can you relate? You know what I'm saying? You can say it never happened to me. I assure you, never say that. You know, I started teaching my girls when they were young. I said, girls, if you will listen to your mother and I, life will be better. You'll be more content. Why? Because you know better? Well, yeah, I do. I told them from a young age, you know what? If you'll listen to me, you will never become an alcoholic because you won't drink. If you'll listen to me, you'll never become a drug addict because you won't do drugs. You'll stay away from them. If you listen to me, you'll never uh, be crippled by STDs, venereal disease, because you'll maintain your purity. If you'll listen to me and your mama, you'll never be where you shouldn't be with people you shouldn't be with doing what you should not be doing. Say, so you just hard on your kids. No, I love my kids. You know, let me explain something to you. This commandment doesn't mean that if you honor your parents, and I've heard guys preach this, they're not preaching it right. It doesn't mean if you honor your parents that you're going to live a long life necessarily. But what it does mean is chances are greatly increased that you will not die prematurely. That you'll not be doing what you shouldn't be doing, and you'll be doing what you should be doing when you honor your mom and dad. Let me give you another benefit, not just longevity, prosperity. Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, did you hear that phrase, that it may go well with you? That refers to the blessings of God on your life. God guarantees if you'll honor the parents he gave you, his hand of blessing will be on you and his presence will go with you. There's a third benefit, that's security. Ephesians 6.1, Paul uses this commandment. He says, children, obey your parents and the Lord. For this is right. Think about that. You're to obey your parents. I'm talking to kids, teenagers, young adults. You're to obey your parents, not because you think they're right, but because it is right. Did you hear what I told you? There's no greater security that can come into your life than the security of knowing you're doing what is right and you're pleasing God. Let me tell you another one. There is a peace. There's contentment. Colossians 3.20, children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. When you obey your parents, you please the Lord. When you please the Lord, there'll be peace. There'll be joint contentment in your life. The joint contentment of knowing that you're doing what's right and that God is pleased with your life. When you keep this commandment, I'm going to tell you, you have hit the jackpot. Because the three most important people in the first 20-something years of your life are your mom, dad, and God. And when you honor them, you'll be honored. Now, I know, I'm going to say this real quick before I go on. There are probably some sitting here today. And they're saying, well, preacher, what if I don't have good parents? What if they're not godly people? What if they're not worthy of honor? Let me say something to you. You need to remember who determined who your parents would be. You didn't. God did. Now, having said that, when you honor your parents, in reality, you're honoring God. This applies to all parents, those who are good and godly and those who are not. The Lord did not give any exemptions, any exceptions. Let me explain it this way. 
If you go to a court of law and you stand before the judge, you're going to call the judge your honor. I mean, and that, that's what I see on all the TV shows anyway. Your honor. Now, let me say something to you. That judge, as a person, he may be a scoundrel. He may be a drunk. His, his character may be rotten to the core. But you're not honoring his character. You're honoring his position. We're told to honor our parents simply because they are our parents. Now, let me give you the second thing. Parents must teach children why they should honor their parents, but also need to train children how they should honor their parents. Now, folks, we're going to move from the general to the specific here. What does it mean practically to honor your parents? Well, understand, there's no age limit on this commandment. As long as your parents are alive, you are to honor your parents. And the same commandment applies differently, though, to the different stages of life we all go through. And we all go through three uh, basic stages of life. First, we're children. Then we're young persons and young adults. And then we're adults. And the way we honor our parents changes with each of those stages that we go through. Now, God, I believe with all my heart, He gave the fifth commandment here because He knew how easy it would become for us, even without realizing it, how easy it would become for us to develop a disrespectful attitude toward our parents. Think about it. The first stage is children. We're selfish. Children are selfish. Now, I know you're, and I said, you're saying, oh, no, not my child, not my grandchild. What is the first word usually that a kid learns? Mine. Thank you. That was a teacher that answered that. See, they understand that. Children are selfish. And think about this. As kids, we want everything that we want. We want it to go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, we get upset. And what do we do? We begin to dis- disrespect, rebel, or talk back to our parents. As teenagers and younger, younger adults, we're convinced that our parents are absolutely ignorant and dumb and just don't know anything. Then as adults... Listen, we have a tendency to get wrapped up in our own careers, our own immediate families, and forget our parents. And it's, it's sad, but so often, folks, we even view our parents as they get older as, older as burdens that infringe on our lifestyle. You know what I'm talking about? That's why this commandment applies to every stage of life. So let's think about these stages of life. As children, honor your parents by accepting their authority. Let me read you. Ephesians 6, 1. This is out of the New Living Translation. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. That's pretty plain English, folks. Because you belong to the Lord, it's the right thing to do. When you're a child, you're to do what your parents say. You're to do it willfully. You're to do it pleasantly. You're to do it immediately. You're to do it lovingly. As long as you're under their roof, and I know kids hate this, and as long as you're under their roof, you obey them. If they're providing your food, your clothes, your shelter, everything you need, guess what? They got the right to call the shots in your life. And you're to obey them in action and in attitude. You say, I don't know if I like that. Well, why not take Jesus as your example? When Jesus was in the first stage of life as a child, when he was in stage one, this is what we read. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Then Jesus returned to Nazareth with them, talking about his parents, and was obedient unto them. Now, let me ask you, did Jesus obey his parents because they were always right? No, he was always right. Did he obey his parents because uh, they knew more than he did? Well, absolutely not. He knew more than they did. 
Did he obey his parents because they were morally superior to him? Absolutely not. He was morally superior to them. But he obeyed his parents because God had given them to him and he honored them. Now here's a word for parents. And I want to go ahead and say this while I'm here. I don't think I can contain it any longer. Listen to me. When your children refuse to obey you, they must learn a lesson. And I know this lesson today is not popular. I'm not preaching what's popular. I'm preaching what's biblical. There's a lesson your kids need to learn. Moms, dads, grandparents. When they obey you, they need to learn that disobedience is going to bring discipline. I know. Today, that's a bad word, preacher. God deliver us. That's part of what's wrong with our culture and our country. Proverbs 13, 24. Says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. You know, many parents don't believe this today. But the most important thing, and I know from experience and from God's word, the most important thing that you can give your children next to love is discipline. Discipline. It never ceases to amaze me how parents will give their children just about anything they want, but they fail to give them the one thing that they truly need. The other day, Hannah and I, was at the, the orthodontist office. And uh, Hannah went on back. And I thought, well, I'll sit out here. And uh, that way she won't be nervous. Because the doc said, you can come on back sit back there. I said, I'll just sit out here and drink coffee. <coughs> what are y'all laughing about that for? Uh, and there was a, a young mother come in with a couple of kids. They took care of paying the bill or whatever it was. And she said, all right, kids, let's go. One of them jumped up, and he's right on Mama's heels. The other one just sat there. She said, honey, come on, let's go. we got to go. Mama's going to be late. Come on, let's go. He said, no, no, no. I, I want to say, ma'am, excuse me. <laughs> Free of charge. you with this. I will show you how when he says no to make sure next time it's yes when you tell him to do something. But I didn't. I got up with my coffee and went back and watched Hannah uh, in a chair. Actually, I took a picture of her with a mouth open like a fish. I'll show that to y'all after church if you'll sit. <coughs> you know, listen to me, folks. The truth is, it's not always good to give children something that you didn't have as a kid just because you didn't have it. You, you know what I'm talking about? I've heard parents say, well, I want to give it to my kids because I didn't have it growing up. Well, it doesn't look like it hurt you any. You know, it reminds me of a teenager I heard about. He would come up to his dad, and this boy was making bad grades, terrible grades. He was lazy. He was disrespectful at home. And he said, Dad, hey, I talked to the guy that owns the car I want you to buy for me. I finally found it. The guy says, a couple years old, it's almost brand new, and you can buy it for me for $16,000. Father looked at the son. He said, son. I find myself absolutely unable and unwilling to acquiesce to your persuasiveness persuasiveness for such a bobble of extravagance. Son looked at him puzzled and said, Dad, I don't get it. Father said, that's right, boy, you don't get it. <laughs> Listen, the truth is your children will not always appreciate the things you buy for them. But I promise you, parents, they will appreciate you if you love them enough to discipline them and correct them when they need it. Stage one, honor your parents by accepting authority. Stage two, 
teenagers, young adults, honor your parents by appreciating their love. As children move into the teenage years, the relationship changes. It changes from one of dependence to that of interdependence. That's why, right here is a point where so many young people go astray. Proverbs 15, 5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Let me read this again out of one of our modern translations. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. Let me put this in plain English. If you're a teenager or a young adult, younger adult, and you think you're smarter than your parents, you're just showing how ignorant you really are. That's scriptural. Never ever get too old to don't to, to not at least listen carefully to the advice and the counsel of your parents. I lost my dad four years ago, December. Up to the point he died, I still listened to what Dad told me. Now that I follow through with it and agree with it, not all, but I listen. Why? Because I was honoring my father. Proverbs twenty three twenty two. List your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. You know, and let me talk to younger folks here, young adults and teenagers. There are some things parents have that you cannot have in your teenage or your young adult years. They have experienced things you have not experienced. They have more mileage on them than you have. They have been places, done things, and gone through things you hadn't even thought about. And because of that, they have wisdom and knowledge that you cannot have at this point in the game. Because there are some things... That you just don't learn and you don't get that kind of wisdom and knowledge without experience. One of the things that will help you to always appreciate your parents is just realize that God used them to bring you into this world. So listen to me. Regardless of their faults or their failures, they gave you something nobody else in the world could give you. They gave you your life and you owe them for that very fact at least. You can at least appreciate their effort in bringing you up. When was the last time? This goes for all of us. When was the last time you thanked your parents for just putting up with you? Who else would have, right? How about what they sacrificed to bring you into this world and to bring you up in this world? They could have had other things. I was uh, Matter of fact, I was doing some research on this yesterday, day before yesterday. Uh, Marcia is home this weekend with her mom. She couldn't be here this morning. Uh, getting her mom out, but Marcia had come home, and, and we were visiting. I was doing a little research, and I found out that today, on average, to raise a child here in America, from childhood on into their 20s, adulthood years, it costs the average parents anywhere from two hundred and fifty to $400,000. I said, oh my goodness. I said, Marcia, I didn't know I was a millionaire. I said, why am I broke all the time? I should be rich. And then I realized, you know what? I am rich. I've invested all that in something that will last through eternity. Reminds me of a guy I heard about. His wife badgered him to go get family pictures, a portrait done. So he went with them. And she said, she told him, she said, uh, now, honey, I want this to be natural. She told the photographer, we want this picture to be natural. Dad said, Really? He looked at the photographer. He said, wait till my kids get their hands in my pocket. Then it'll be natural. You know, I, I'm sure, folks, that a lot, of, a lot of us feel that way. And let me just say this. What a lot of our kids take for granted, they really should appreciate. Stage one is children. Honor your parents by accepting their authority. As teenagers, young adults, honor your parents by appreciating their love. And then the final stage, as adults, we ought to honor our parents by attending to their needs. 
I believe the fifth commandment is addressed primarily to adults. In this age that we're living in today, it's more about medical care and retirement homes than disobedient children. This command tells us that when your mom and dad need to depend on you, you be there so they can depend on you. You be dependable. Let me make something real clear to you, church. We've lost this over the years. Social Security, Medicare, and even pensions, they're great, but no system can honor your parents for you. You honor them. It's a shameful tragedy taking place in our world today more and more times when parents, uh, as they reach old age, they're being abandoned by their families. The Bible is very plain. When parents or grandparents become too old to care for themselves, it's not the government's job to care for them. It's the family's job to care for them. That's God's family care cycle. First, the parents take care of the kids. Then the kids take care of the parents. Incidentally, folks, this is not just being uh, just part of being a good child. This is being a good Christian when you take care of your parents. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, several times, verse 4, verse 8, talking about widows and about parents and grandparents, that you ought to put your religion into practice in caring for your family and thereby repaying your parents and grandparents because that's pleasing unto God. When Jesus was dying on the cross, remember he looked at the Apostle John and Jesus' mother was standing there. And he looked at John and he said, John, behold, your mother. You know what Jesus was saying? John, take care of my mom when I'm gone. Take care of mother. That's what this commandment is speaking about, folks. You know what? Most animals instinctively care for their young. I mean, bears, uh, you doubt that? Get between a mama bear and her cub. See what happens. You know, uh, hogs. Mama South, she's going to take care of her little ones. Even chickens take care of the little ones. But do you realize, for the most part, animals do not take care of the older you know what this commandment is telling us? It's saying we ought to be more and better than the animals. We ought to rise above that animal nature. And we ought to provide for our parents as long as they live. We're to honor them and take care of them. Now I can speak for a lot of, I've reached this point in my life. I believe I can speak for a lot of older parents and grandparents. When I say to those of you who are somebody's children, don't forget about us. Don't forget us. You ever feel like saying that, Mom? Grandma, Grandpa, hey, don't forget us. I love this story. I'm sure you've heard it before. There was a, a, a man, an older man, dad, who lived in California. A couple of days before Thanksgiving, he called his son, David, who lived in New York City. He said, David, son, I hate to tell you this over the phone. He said, but I'm leaving your mother. He said, son, 43 years of misery is enough. I can't take any more of it. His son was just shocked. He said, Dad, wait, wait. Dad, and he began to ask him all kinds of questions. His dad said, Son, I don't have the energy to talk to you about it. Your sister in Chicago, let her know what's going on. And Dad hung the phone up. Sure enough, in about five minutes, that phone rang. Dad picked it up, and it was his daughter in Chicago. And she began to do the same thing. Dad, what is going on? What's happening? Why? Why? What is... She said, Dad, don't do anything. I'm calling David back. We're catching a flight out tonight, and we'll both be home tomorrow mid-morning. Dad said, okay, hon. I'll wait. And he hung the phone up. As soon as he hung the phone up, turned around and looked at his wife. He said, okay, I got them coming for Thanksgiving. Now what do you want me to do about Christmas? (laughs) 
Let me leave you with just a couple of thoughts this morning. Parents, the best way to train your kids to honor their parents is to show them by honoring your parents. Train them. Show them by how you honor yours. If you'll honor your parents as long as they live, then you can know that when you finally graduate the University of Life, it'll be as an honor graduate. And i got one last thing I want to say, specifically to parents. Do you want to make it easy for your kids to honor you? Then make sure you're an honorable parent. And the first step to being an honorable parent is to honor God in your life by following Jesus Christ and by setting the right example for your kids to follow. You see, parents, all of us, matter of fact, every Christian here should be able to say this, but especially parents, well, to be able to say with the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul says, follow me, even as I follow Jesus Christ. Can you say that, parent, grandparent? If not, you need to. You bow your heads, please. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a parent. But you have not been living the honorable life that you should live. Setting the example for your children to follow. Do you realize as a parent there is no higher calling? No higher calling than setting the example of Jesus Christ before your children. You need to begin to do that if you're not. And then if you hear you're a parent, you're, you're, you're a child, you're not a parent yet. And you have not honored your parents the way that God says you should honor them. You say, I just can't, preacher. I don't know how to honor my parents by honoring Jesus Christ. Through Christ is how you honor your parents. If you're here today and you have never taken the first step of establishing a relationship with God by giving your life to Jesus Christ, by surrendering to His authority in your life, you need to do that this morning. That's step number one, regardless of what else is happening in your life. And I ask you to come do that this morning. Maybe you need to come pray at the altars. Whatever decision you need to make, I pray you have the courage to make it. Father, I pray for those here who have been struggling with this issue that we have been discussing and talking about. Father, I pray you'd make it clear that we're to honor our parents because, number one, you have said we should. But number two, if for no other reason they're our parents, we're in this world because you use them to bring us into this world, no matter their faults, no matter their failures. I pray for those that struggle with this issue. Father, they would have the grace necessary an extra measure of your grace so they could begin to be obedient. And then, Father, I pray for those who have never given their life to Jesus Christ. They have never surrendered to Him. I pray today would be the day they would understand the only way to be honorable as a parent, as a child, is to honor you in their life. And I pray they would do that in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand, please?